Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded, a podcast all about creating visibility, paths for growth, and opportunity for entrepreneurs. We focus on those entrepreneurs who are statistically underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. Your hosts are Zena Island, president of X Plus PR, a media relations agency, angel investor Aurelia Flores, managing member of Athena Digital Media Group, a digital marketing agency, and angel investor Christina Francis, president of Esteem Logic, an information technology, consulting, and training firm. In each episode, you will meet a new startup founder, hear about their company and where they are now. We then focus on one key challenge facing that entrepreneur, a challenge that is common among startups. Each episode also features a guest expert to weigh in on the challenge. Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded. Welcome everybody to the second edition of the McKeever Moment Show of the Get Found, Get Funded Network. Today we are talking to, we are talking about business and investing with our guest, Anthony Tulliver. Anthony is currently a forward for the Minnesota Timberwolves and National Basketball Association. Anthony has had a 12-year career in the NBA and is the ultimate example of what hard work can achieve. After going undrafted out of Creighton University, Anthony spent a few years in the NBA's developmental league, earning all-star honors in, the two, in 2010, which led him to his first NBA contract with the Golden State Warriors. But this is only part of Anthony's story. He is also a businessman, a board member, a startup investor, and a philanthropist. Anthony, thank you so much for joining our show today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We appreciate you, man. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today and learn more about your story. So as someone who got a degree in finance, what was your mindset in terms of amassing wealth when you first started playing in the NBA? Uh, it, is my mindset as far as what? I didn't hear the first part. I'm oh, sorry. What was your mindset as far as amassing wealth when you first started playing oh. in the NBA? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I knew I knew I was going to have a big responsibility on my hands. Um, you know, if I was able to make it to the NBA, because obviously going through college and even after college, you know, it, it was kind of uncertain. So, uh, you know, I knew I knew I was going to be able to play basketball and, and make some good money. Uh, so I wanted to be prepared for that. With the, you know, that's why I went into finance, my financial, my finance degree. So, um, but as far as you know, just the, the responsibility of, of you know being kind of the first person in my family that would have the opportunity to build wealth, not you know not just uh, you know make a couple bucks and pay my bills, but actually uh, you know do something special. Um, you know, definitely was a huge burden, but it was also a huge blessing. So, um, you know, I just took it, you know, full fledged and made sure that I did everything I could to, to, uh, to make sure that uh, that I did well. I appreciate that mindset. And so, you you mentioned it being a burden. What did you mean by that? What what does it mean to, to for the idea of you being the first person in your family to have the opportunity to do this being a burden? Well, it, you know, it, it, it's a burden in the sense that uh, if 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 I'm the first person to have that ability to to amass wealth, then there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. Um, and so, um, you know, having having the ability to do you know something really really special, um, it comes with a certain level of of responsibility or, or 
or another way to say it is, you know, being being a burden. I mean, you know, I, I want to, you know, make sure that, you know, I use my platform to to help my family out as much as possible and, and everything else. And, you know, definitely don't want to be one of those stories of, of an athlete who blows it, you know. Uh, so that's why I say it's a little bit of a burden and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Puff Daddy and Biggie said, "More money, more problems." And <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of that's that's kind of along the same lines of you know I, when you make more money, uh, it comes with certain responsibilities and certain burdens uh, that uh, you know that not having money you know uh, doesn't have. Interesting, and I'm, I'm sure there are many people out there who, until you get to that point, it's probably really hard to understand and and really uh, take in you know, what it means, more money, more problems. But it's very, very true. Um, yes. But um, it's been said about you that you wanted to mimic or you want to mimic Junior Bridgman. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Junior and why his story resonated with you? So, yeah, Junior, uh, he was, you know, he was a really good basketball player, uh, played in the NBA, I believe, 10 or 11 years. Um, right. And... Um, had a really good career, but he played in a time in the NBA where um, there wasn't uh, a massive amount of money made. Uh, matter of fact, he played in the era where you would play in the NBA and in the offseason you would get a job, um, whether that be bagging groceries or, you know, working and uh, in selling insurance, you know, whatever it may be. You, you still had to work a different job to make sure you made enough money to get through the year. So, um, you know, he uh, he grinded, man. I mean, he, he finished his NBA career. Um, I know his story really well. I've been able to, uh, you know, talk with him a lot. Um, you know, uh, I hope I hope to, to eventually get our relationship to where he's more of a mentor for me because, um, you know, he took he took about nine hundred thousand um, uh, dollars that he saved from playing in the NBA over. 11 or 12 years, however long, and um, and he invested it all into uh, his restaurant business, and he turned his $900,000 into about $400 million, um, you know, empire um, that he currently has today. And well, he actually passed that along to his kids, and now he actually runs a Coca-Cola distribution center in the Midwest. So, um, and there's only I think two individuals. Um, that are not uh, Coke people um, that run uh, those distribution centers. So, you know, he's just a he's just an example of of uh, of a man who who literally just came from the bottom and absolutely um, you know killed it and is known more for his off the court endeavors than on his on court. So that's that's the type of you know career I'm trying to mimic. I can understand why. I mean, Junior is the epitome of the American dream. And to do it in the time in which he did it, you know, it's just another layer on top of that, right? You know, this this man, right. as, a, as, a, as a black man in America, created this empire in the time where you didn't see a lot of black men doing this, especially athletes. Right. Exactly. I mean, there's you can count on one hand, if you're lucky, two hands, um, you know, the amount of guys who have taken, you know, their wealth and their um, 
uh, you know, money from from sports. Um, you know, like you said, it's specifically you know African American men, and, and and gone and been more successful off the court uh, than on the court. And uh, I've always said that that's uh, that's always been a huge part of my success plan is to uh, not because I want more money. It's just more so for a for a from a competitive standpoint. You know, I want to I want to be so successful in business uh, that, like I said, I, I outpace myself off the court um, than all the money or whatever success that I make on the court. Um, I want to, you know, I want to be known for my off the court stuff more than on the court. And I, I can appreciate that, and I, and I like the fact that you mentioned that your off the court stuff still speaks to your competitive nature. You're always striving to be the best. I'm assuming the things that make you great at basketball are also the things that are making you good at business. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crossover. Um, there's a lot of businesses. Um, the one that comes to mind off the top of my head is Enterprise, um, that actually they, they target uh, college athletes to come and work for their business. And a lot of people don't really understand, like, why in the heck would you go hire bunch of ex-college athletes that doesn't really make sense but it makes a lot of sense because there's so many skills that go into becoming a really great uh you know sports player i don't even want to say basketball but any sport that you become great in um there's so many things that that parallel to business and to entrepreneurship and you know like hey like time management working hard working as a team um just those three things off the top, off the, you know, off the rip. You know, you if you if you know how to manage your time, you know how to work as a team, and you work really hard. Um, you know, there's not very many things that you can't achieve. You know, as a businessman. So, uh, you know, those like I said, those are just three of the ones that are off the top of my head. But I know that there's so many more uh, parallels. Um, you know, that 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 go from sport to business. Absolutely. And so I've also heard that when you first started investing, you started with real estate. Why was that? And what was your process for creating your real estate portfolio over time? Um, so that that kind of goes back um, a long time ago. Um, so one of, the first, one of my first memories of my mom um, and, like, what she did, like, she was a teacher for 31 years, um, didn't make very much money, um, but one thing that she did was she owned a couple pieces of real estate, you know, a couple houses, a couple rental houses. So some of my earliest memories as a kid were, you know, going with her across town to um, check on the houses, collect rent, um, and do um, do things that landlords do, right? You know, hey, we, we need to go paint the house because somebody else is coming uh, to live here in a week, uh, this and that. So um, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, she never really, like, sat me down and said, hey, this is why you got to set some money aside to buy some real estate. But I think it was just kind of ingrained in me from as a kid, hey, like, when I, when I get a little older, I'm, you know, I need to buy some real estate. Like, that's just what you do, you know, um, you know, just going for my mom. So 
uh, that was actually yeah the very first thing I did uh, once I was able to uh, you know, save up uh, a few bucks. Um, I went and bought a rental house. Um, I overpaid for it. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't get a great deal on it. Um, but uh, it was it was the first house. It was the first piece of property that I've ever um, bought, and I still own it. Um, you know, oh, wow. uh, it, it's just something that uh, you know. I don't know. I'll sell it. I'm sure I'll sell it eventually, but I'm sure I'm going to probably hold it for a while just because it, you know, means something to me because it was my very first piece of real estate. But, you know, real estate to me is kind of, uh, it's like a given. It's a base. Like, uh, I think that, you know, if anybody ever asked me about, you know, investment advice, um, the first thing I would, I'll tell anybody is, hey, uh, your base needs to be real estate um, above, to me, above stock market, above this, above that. There's so many other things that you can invest in, which there's all, there's nothing wrong with a diverse portfolio. I have, you know, all of that in my portfolio, but, um, I'm just a huge believer in real estate. And, you know, like I said, just from instead of buying a car, instead of buying my own house or, you know, anybody else, anything else, you know, I bought a rental and that was the very first purchase I ever, ever made. That's dope. And so, you know, Sticking to the real estate theme, in 2009, you helped start Say You Can LLC, a real estate development company that buys single-family homes and multifamily apartment units and turns them into student and senior housing. Say You Can has also gotten investments from several other notable NBA players. So for you, what was the process like for you as a professional basketball player to raise money from other NBA players to grow your own venture? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit different. Uh, it's actually the, my least favorite part of, <laughs> of everything that I do is, uh, is, is asking other guys to, um, to, to, you know, write a check. But at the same time, it's actually one of the most fulfilling parts too, because I know that, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of athletes in general are interested in real estate. But the issue with most of them, and the reason why most of them don't get into real estate, is because they don't have someone they can trust that would, you know, would, you know, tell them the truth and and do right by them, right? Because uh, there are a lot of crooks out there. There's a lot of people out here that are, you know, that'll, you know, take money or 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 you know, falsify documents, make it look like it's going to be a great deal and end up not being a great deal. Um, so, you know, I, I worked with. You know, my one of my best friends I grew up with, he became uh, a real estate expert, um, and and so we just started, um, you know, doing some small projects, flipping houses, um, and we did that for like five, six years, and then eventually uh, we started developing pro- projects and doing student housing, and now we're doing senior living and everything else. And so uh, for me, you know, a few years back, I said, well, I'm able to – you know, do all these projects with my partner, um, you know, I think that it's time to, you know, start bringing some of these other guys in, you know, because if they, if I'm the one bringing it to them and that they trust me, then it's going to give them an easier avenue to, to go do some of these other, you know, some of these other projects that, you know, that they probably would have never done if they didn't find someone they trusted. So, since I'm the liaison, I'm the person who's in their shoes, but also, um, but also knows the game, knows the real estate game. Um, 
I just figured I could be a good liaison for uh, for some of the real estate deals that we're doing, and that's what we did. That's pretty amazing, man. And you know, being able to open that up to other players so they can gain the knowledge and gain access to a, a certain type of investment portfolio that and and that is coming from somebody who's being genuine with them. And like you said, it's not trying to take their money. I mean, I think that's that's amazing. But um, well, and you know, a lot of the deals that we've done, uh, we have a deal or two that are coming up that are going to be bigger that, like, I could, I can't just write a check for myself. But the the beauty of what the majority of the projects we've done has been, you know, I could just write a check for the entire thing myself. But it's more so like, you know, well, let's just get some other guys involved, get their feet wet, get them comfortable, because. You know, the idea is to eventually have, you know, multiple partners, five, six, seven, eight partners that are doing deals with us. And then, you know, once we, you know, come up, uh, come across a really like a larger deal and stuff like that, hey, we, you know, we just go in-house and say, hey, within this group of guys, like, let's get together and put, put, put together this, you know, let's say $20 million apartment or $30 million you know, you know, whatever, and uh, and, and be able to just raise the funds within that group of guys and, and start using our collective as as our power. So um, that's that's the, the long term vision. So it, it just starts by starts by building the trust and by building up a reputation of being good at what we do. That's a great vision, man. And so, you know, as you've already mentioned a few times, you don't only do real estate, but you do other type of investments as well, as well as uh, investing in the companies directly. Um, that includes companies like uh, Active Safe, Safe, a Christian apparel company, Kids Casters, which is a kids fishing company, Eat the Frog, a fitness concept company, Arbit, a question asking app, uh, Brandless, a digital market that sells everyday essentials and others, and, and others. Um, what made you start doing riskier investments in the companies like these? Um, it, it, it's actually where my passion lies is in uh, early startups and really in um, building up a, a going from an idea to a concept to a product or to a you know complete vision to market. Um, you know, that whole process to me is just fascinating and amazing. Um, and it's where my passion lies outside of basketball. So, you know, there's a lot of people who, like I said, a lot of people are passionate about real estate. A lot of people are passionate about stock market bonds, you know, you know, all that different stuff. It's like, I'm not passionate about real estate. I love it. I think it's great. I think it needs to be a base. Uh, I'm not passionate about the stock market. I have a stock portfolio. I think, you know, it should be a part of your portfolio. Um, you know, you know, uh, investing in big brands and, and bigger businesses that are already established, you know, the safe route, that's great. And I do some of that too. But where I really, really, really enjoy um, myself in business is always with uh, startups. So, you know, with Arbit, with Active Faith, Kickcasters, Eat the Frog, um, with uh, my, most, my most recent uh, venture that we're doing, we're actually going to start a Kickstarter tomorrow. Um, it's called Big Blanket Company. 
it's exactly what it sounds like. We're going to create very, very big, the largest, biggest, most comfortable blankets on the planet. Uh, <laughs> um, and so just uh, that's where my passion lies. Uh, you know, that's where I really, really enjoy um, the grind of, of, of taking something that, that's just an idea and t- making it into an actual product and actually getting it out there and selling it to the consumers. Um, you know, it's just something that I really, really have enjoyed over these years. That's amazing. And it sounds like that's a natural fit for what comes after your MBA career. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I think that, you know, having, like I said, having that base, having the ability to, you know, rely on my real estate, you know, consistent income there, um, some consistent and more, you know, some decently consistent income from, you know, like stock portfolio, different stuff like that. Um, some consistent, more consistent income from some of the businesses that have been built up over the last five to 10 years, um, you know, will allow me to, you know, take some of the funds, um, you know, and, and be able to invest in some of these early startups and, you know, help businesses go from, you know, nothing to hopefully, you know, multi-million dollar and, you know, and hopefully one day a billion dollar company. So that's kind of the idea. That's the, that's the mindset. That's the, that's my vision. And, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, accomplish as much as I can and get as much set up before I'm done with basketball so that, you know, I can just move forward uh, with all that when I'm done. That's really cool, man. And so, you know, in, in the case of some of the other companies, you have a, a slightly different title other than investor. Uh, with Max One Strength and Conditioning Training app, you're known as a partner. You're, you're part of a partnership. But then when you look at uh, NOAA Basketball, a basketball technology company that does live shot tracking, you're a board member. So how do you mm-hmm. decide which type, of, which type of role is right for you when you're looking at these companies? Or do the companies come to you and let you know what's the most effective way for you to work together? Yeah, we just we just work through it. I mean, there's always uh, different opportunities that come across the table. Um, I work closely with uh, uh, a good friend of mine who's who's a marketing guy. His name is Deron Guidry. Um, he you know he identifies some of these projects and, and opportunities, and and uh, you know what we do is just communicate with with the uh with the the CEOs and the 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 people who are running the companies and and try to figure out what looks best. I mean, hey, if it's hey, if it's, you know, to partner up and be part of the ownership investor, um great. If it's just, hey, you want some advice, you want some you want me to point you in the right direction, set up some meetings, you know, connect you with some different people, it might just be an advisor or a board member or whatever. Um, so for me, um, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on, um, you know, actually, you know, here to pick up, here to pick up my daughter right now from school here, you know, after we get done with this, you know, so it's always, uh, you know, always doing something. So it's, for me, it's all always about making sure that, you know, I don't want a company to, to give me equity unless I'm going to earn the equity. I don't want a company to, um, call me a partner unless I'm truly a partner. Um, you know, so um, I just try and make sure that things are clear um, and, and concise and make sure that, you know, whatever 
I bring to the table matches whatever I'm giving. I think that's the, the perfect mindset to have as an investor. You know, not all money is good money, but, you know, for companies when they're looking for people to work with, you always want to find somebody who's going to be willing to work with you and grow with you, not just hand you money. So it sounds right. like, you know, you're, you're setting a reputation that's going to carry you very far and do really well for you. Um, and so you mentioned something, absolutely, but you just mentioned something that I wanted to follow up on. I was going to ask you, so how do you find out about the companies you invest in or how do the companies approach you? So do they go through that friend you mentioned? Do people come to you directly? Um, like, like uh, it, it happens. It happens all over, like, the board. Like, so some of the companies, so Max One, um, Arbit, no, wait, Max One, was uh was one that was brought to me by um Devron. Arbit was brought to me by Steve Blake. Um, you know, Big Blanket was brought to me by my my uh, one of my best friends Dane Watts. I mean, just it literally people know who I am and what I do. Um, so I get a lot of leads for different stuff um because I'm willing to listen. So I, you know, there's a there's actually a uh, a TV show um, that I'm involved with that you know that I'll you know be a producer for a couple different ones actually, um, but one of them it, the the only reason why I'm a part of it was there was a it, this was seven years ago whenever we first started working on the project um, a college kid you know uh, somehow got my email address. And re- no, no, actually, that's that's false. He got my he got me on Facebook, and he messaged me out of the blue and said, "Hey, I know you don't know me. Um, I know that we have no connection." He said, "But I have a great idea. I want to run past you. Um, you know, here's the general premise for it, and tell me what you think." And I read it, and I was like, "I like the general premise," and I was like, "I like sure, let's meet, whatever." Like, I don't, I'm I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm kind of an open book, and I also like to let people know that I'm accessible, right? Like, so, hey, you, you have something you want me to look at, I'll look at it. It doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but I'll look <laughs> at it. So, you know, so it's majority of the deals I've done have, have been with my friends, like with the people that I know, business associates that I've known for a long time. But I do have a couple partnerships that are just like literally, I don't even like, like that was, you know, that's one of the stories where he, the college kid just, I was in the NBA at the time, you know, and college right. kid tells me about a, a great idea that he has. And I was like, I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> and he was like, really? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we're still partners today and we're still trying to, uh, get, get, uh, we're really close to getting that, uh, one of the, the concepts that he came up with, um, sold. So it's, uh, pretty crazy. That's a really cool story, man. And, and that leads right into the next question I wanted to ask. And you mentioned this, you know, as an investor myself, you know, I know that you see a lot of companies and you see far more companies than you invest in. So so what's your process you use for evaluating whether or not a company's a good investment for you or not? You know, that's, that's the tricky part for me uh, because I don't concentrate in one area. So um, I like to, call me a little bit of a jack of all trades. I, I just like opportunity, um, really, really good opportunity, um, which sometimes it works against me because I'm not like 
like all in, like I know this industry in and out and this and that, like, but it also keeps me flexible. Right. So, you know, I wouldn't have nearly as many investments and nearly as many partnerships as I have if I was just focused in on basketball technology, you know, like I would have like right. three partnerships or three investments or whatever. Um, but since I'm, I've been, an, you know, kind of open to different opportunities um, it's allowed me to get involved with a lot of different stuff. But like I said, it I literally just I try and do my research. I try and understand the industry as much as I can, as quickly as I can. And then I try and reach out to people who I trust that have a sense of what that industry is like or what, you know, what's in it. Um, you know, for example, you know, with like Active Faith, um, you know, that one, I just pulled the trigger because I love the concept and I wanted the company to exist so I could wear the clothes, um, <laughs> you know, so awesome. that one was just more, that was, that was a passion project. That was like, I literally didn't care if it made money. I didn't care if it, I was like, I hope it makes, I hope it makes a ton of money. I hope it right. makes it, you know, all the way. And we, you know, sell it for a hundred million. That'd be great. I said, but I literally pulled the trigger on that because I said, I want this to exist. So I'm going to put money into it, and that's it. Um, so, um, so it just depends. Some, some are are personal, you know. Some are, you know, just about the business side, where hey, I think this has the potential to make a lot of money. Um, and then others are just, you know, like I said, sometimes it's a matter of getting uh, expert opinions in those in those different industries, and you know, getting uh, you know, getting feedback on that, and making a decision based upon you know, the, the the industry that I know and then the industry that other people know. That's really cool, man. And so we've talked a lot or a bit about your exploits as a businessman and an investor, but you're also a philanthropist. You know, can you tell us a little bit about Hoops 2.0 and why this project's important to you? Yeah, so just started that, uh, just got involved with that this past few months. Um been talking with those guys for over a year now, um, but we decided to launch Hoops 2.0 this year. So Hoops 2.0 was started by Malcolm Grognan, um, uh, just launched, like I said, a couple months ago. Um, and uh, it's a branch off of Waterboys, which was started by Chris Long of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, the organization, what they do is they, they raise money to build wells over in Africa and uh, they build wells for these these uh, areas and for these villages that, uh, you know, don't have access to clean water. Um, and so, you know, literally, you know, building these wells um, are, you know, where where these people are, you know, dying at an alarming rate over, you know, with diseases and different things that literally can be prevented if they had access to clean water. Um, it's just, like, mind-blowing, right? So, um so yeah, just got involved with that. Um, you know, for every three pointer I make in the month of November, um, I'm donating a certain amount of money. So having a pledge and then, you know, getting other people to match and getting other people to donate. Uh, the goal is to have each one of us, uh, the starting five, uh, which uh, the starting five uh, uh, in the in the NBA, um, me, Joe Harris, um, Malcolm Brogdon. Justin Anderson and Garrett Temple are the starting five, and we are all trying to, you know, raise at least enough for one well uh, per team uh, per city. So, um, you know, so that that's kind of the goal. 
Um, and this month we're all pledging something um, with our games, you know, three-pointers or or points made or rebounds or block shots or whatever it may be um, to where we personally donate, but then we also try and get other people to donate. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's really dope, man. And I got to tell you, uh, listening to you today has been amazing. I, I truly, truly appreciate your time and you, you sharing a bit about your story and the way you look at investing. A lot of people see athletes and what they do, but they, they, they don't see them beyond just the sports side. Um, right. And, you know, I think our conversation today definitely shines a different kind of a viewpoint on you and some of the, the other players in the league. So thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Not a problem at all. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you check out our website, getfoundgetfunded.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Check out our, and check out our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, of course, listen every month and don't miss an episode. Have a good day, everybody. 